to Dooley's Dog Pod. I'm Donna Trailer. I'm Noah Bice. And here in this podcast, we are going to talk about all things that happen on Dooley Field in Sanford Stadium with the University of Georgia Bulldogs. To start off, our first game of the year is this Saturday, yeah. September 3rd. And we are playing the Oregon Ducks in Atlanta. They're ranked 11, and we are currently ranked 3 right now, I think, based on uh, the commission, whatever they're called. Um, and then we'll we'll start today talking about new players, recruits. Um, yeah, our, our new recruits, basically. Um, a little bit of the starting lineup, how they're going to fit in. And uh, we'll move kind of through some of the information to talk further about some of our players that we have now. Yeah, so with some of this, first of all, with this being the starting podcast, our pilot episode, we're kind of going to spend, like you said, time talking about the recruits, mainly because this is, you know, the first game of the season. This is our intro to everything that we're going to cover. So we can talk about these players now. You can keep them in mind later on when we mention them for upcoming games and things like that. So, and obviously we also need to go over the players who we lost and how that's going to impact us moving forward. More importantly, we're going to talk about the players we still got. That is true. That is true because old, like last year is old news. It is. It's time for another championship. <laughs> we shall see. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started with new players. New players. Um, so the first guy is someone who went viral probably when we were in high school. Um, I think I was probably a sophomore or junior in high school, so it's been five-ish years maybe. Um Maybe three. I, I think I'm getting my days wrong. His name is Branson Robinson. Dude is a man. Um, he's a four-star recruit. He was ranked 62 nationally in his class. Um, he went viral because Rivals posted a photo of him at a camp, and he looks huge. He's 16 years old when this was posted, and the man's a monster. Um, they threw out some numbers of like all his lifts, obviously, because this went viral, and the internet went crazy for about a week. Um his deadlift is the one I remember. It was 720 pounds as a 16-year-old. There's a, like 99% of the Earth's population will never lift that much in their life. And he did it as a teenager. I'm definitely part of that 99%. <laughs> I can barely lift 15 pounds. Yeah. So he, he, was, he was listed as um, an Alabama recruit when that was happening. Um, at the time, Georgia was still going through, uh, I guess, a bit of a rebuild. We weren't ranked number one or number two or number three for that matter. Um, <laughs> but we were building recruiting classes. Um, and I think as we kind of gained success, it kind of convinced him to come over. Um, he is a running back, though. So he's going to be behind uh, Kenny McIntosh, uh, Kendall Milton, and Dejan Edwards. And so he's going to go into the four. Uh, UGA historically, I guess in the past 10 years, is known for using all of their running backs and having running back rooms of like four players, and they all perform really well. So we might see this kid this year. Um, he might get redshirted just to gain an extra year of eligibility. Um, but dude's a man. I'm excited to see him play. He uh, had 121 attempts in high school, and his he rushed for 1,100 yards, 1,179 yards, and had 26 touchdowns in 2020. That was his one-year stats, actually, which is insane. Um, mind you, he was a grown man going up against literal children <laughs> who were just trying to go like to calculus and yeah. uh, get through high school. So we can't necessarily expect these types of numbers to be put up when you're playing other, you know, big time teams. Obviously, not necessarily all of UGA schedule is difficult, but yeah. when we see him up against like an Alabama and whatnot. Yeah. We can expect a little bit of drop, but it sounds like, I mean, dude's a dog. Dude's a dog. Dude's a dog. Um, for reference, he mentioned a picture that. Uh, 
is that we can currently see yeah. where this man, his arm is easily the size of <laughs> the average person's leg. Like it is ridiculous. And he looks like, like a, almost like a bigger version of Sony Michelle. Yeah. That's, like that's he looks I'm like getting. a really strong Sony Michelle. Yeah. He's, um, he's five foot 10. So he's a little short. He's compact. Yeah. He's a little short, but he's, <laughs> he's a bowling, solid. he's a bowling ball. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm also excited to see him play. Um, but yeah, to your point, like with the whole, us having very deep running back positions, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, um, Kendall Milton, we didn't get to see a lot of him last year, but no. apparently I've heard, you know, this word year. on the street is that he is coming. Like he's not going to be coming for like that first position mm-hmm. because like, uh, Kenny that is Kenny McIntosh and he, you know, he really did perform last year and like solidified that that's going to be him this year, that he's going to be that guy. But that said, like Kendall Milton will be right there. Like they're going to be the new Zeus and James, which is they're working interchangeably. Mm-hmm. They're just, I mean, he is. Kendall, I feel like, is like, Kenny, me and you are buddy, buddy, best friend. Kendall and Kenny, how cute is that? But I really think that if he could have his way, like, Kendall really would take that number one spot from Kenny. And he, he, and might. he might. Let's see what yeah. happens. I mean, things happen. Uh, running backs get hurt. That's if, true. If Kenny McIntosh goes down, I'm very Nothing confident would. having Kendall Milton be that be our guy. I hope that that doesn't happen, though, obviously. And our guys, like, I think that, you know, I'm just hoping maybe it's like a – our four running backs take one quarter each. I don't know, something like that. I would love to see all of them get not necessarily equal playing time, but, you know, what they deserve. Yeah. And I want to see this guy get worked in, so I'm excited for that. But, yeah. Also, um, Mr. Kinney, I'm excited to see him really have, like, that number one spot. Cause, he could do a lot. Yeah. He really could. When and nobody's seen it exactly, yet. Exactly. Because, like, well, he came in and he did phenomenal, right, mm-hmm. when you put him in. And he, he I feel like, did a lot more um, – like routes where he instead of just staying like traditional yeah. running back, like you know he comes out and takes like a pitch pass or whatever, and yeah. then really took it um, all the way like mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so for me, I think that I'm excited to see him for that because when you don't have him trying to compete with Zeus and James, like there's sky's the limit in my opinion for this dude. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, who's the next guy? Uh, next guy. Uh, basically Trayvon Walker, based off of what everyone has been saying. Uh, the kid's coming in as a freshman. Name is Michael Williams. He's on the D-line. Uh, he was a five-star. He's our best recruit coming in this year for sure, um, at least by at least by ranking. He's ranked number four nationally. And dude is six foot five, 265 pounds. A dog. Yeah. <laughs> Trayvon Walker, for reference, is six five. 272 as of the NFL combine. So, yeah. I mean, and this kid, this kid's 18. Same. Yeah. Which is insane. It's kind of crazy. Um, when he had his all American bowl week, he was considered the most dominant player. Um, he regularly beat, uh, offensive linemen on one-on-one reps and recorded three tackles for a loss in that game alone. Um, he had offers from Georgia, Alabama, USC, Arizona state and Arkansas coming out of high school, but he can play anywhere on that line. And, uh, he's definitely going to be able to fill the gap left by Trayvon Walker if if he plays to what everybody is saying, uh, he is expected to play uh, and be a true freshman for us. That's what um, I was just about to ask. If he, is he going to get redshirted? Because it's like if he's here so. now, what happens if he has an extra year? But no, yeah, yeah. I um, think he's expected to play, um, which would make sense. Because I mean, if any, if we need some people to step in anywhere right off the bat, it's mm-hmm. going to be the D line. Because obviously, we'll get into it later. But yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but yeah, he is expected to play. In high school, he had 207 tackles and 41 and a half sacks. 
Um, again, a grown man playing against children, trying to get through their like physical science class. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think he went, he's from Columbus, which I'm pretty sure they play in a pretty difficult high school football division. Um, I could be wrong. I'm open to that. Me being wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's expected to come in and any day. Like it doesn't matter who he was playing against in high school. You can look at his build, look at his frame, look at his work ethic, um, in practice. Everybody's talking about it. He's, he's a dude. He's a whole man. Uh, he's going to come in and, and be something interesting to watch. And, you know, I really just hope he plays well. Best case scenario, um, honestly, for us is he he goes to the league after his junior year, because if he's that good, I, he should be going at that point. Um, I would much rather lose his fourth year and have a quality player for three years than hold him back for his fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's definitely people who would disagree with that statement, but, yeah. and also too, it's obviously, it's, it's all situational. Like, you know, I feel like Nolan Smith definitely had what he needed to go in this draft and yeah. he's like, you know what, I'm going to stay behind and I'm going to be the captain of this team on the defensive side, obviously. And, you know, try to make sure that we're still good to go. Cause that, you know, I want to say for the record, I love Nolan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of my favorite players. Yeah. And I think him staying this year, it, it, I think he had the quality to go last year. Yeah. Um, but him staying this year, he just has such a good chance to increase his draft stock. Yeah. He, he's such a good player. Yeah. Um, and he's such a cemented player on our defense. Um, he'll hold a really good leadership role for these guys. I was about to say also that is that draws attention as well, like mm-hmm. being a leader and having that type of um, persona. And I think that, you know, he can show that if he can lead, you know, our what is considered in some cases the most dynamic defense in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. Um for two years in a row. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. So I think, I think a lot of people uh, don't, didn't realize the average viewer didn't realize how much of an impact that he had because they were so interested in Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. Cause Nicobe Dean was a presence <laughs> yeah. you, when he was on the field. You yeah. know, he was a presence off the field too. Like, yeah. I mean, that man was always styling and profiling <laughs> and I'm just like, you couldn't miss him. Like you knew it was him. The second you looked at him, he always had his little, Fedora, his hat. Little hat. I just loved it. Like that's an amazing. insider UGA student piece for you right there. <laughs> there you go. Um, next player is uh, Gunnar Stockton, um, coming into a pretty pretty decent quarterback room. He's a four star, ranked 110 nationally in the class, and he's ranked seven in his position. A little small for a quarterback, I would think. I think he's right around that good size, but he, he's a little small. Um, six foot one, two twenty. A lot of the bigger quarterbacks that you see in the league are six three and up or 6'2 and up at least, um, but he kind of reminds me of Aaron Murray, kind of in stature. Aaron Murray was six foot, I think, when he as listed, um, and he's one of the greatest UGA quarterbacks in college history. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to stop him from being great. Um, he completed 878 passes on 1,273 attempts for 177 touchdowns in high school. He threw 17 inter- interceptions. So based off that stat, for every 10 touchdowns he threw, he was throwing one interception. And and this is the interesting point. Fifty Over 50% of them were in his freshman and sophomore year. His senior year, he threw one pick. Um, so he's definitely a really good talent coming in, almost like a homegrown. Um, he's from Raven County, which is 45 minutes, an hour away from here. So he's definitely, uh, I could say, a, a homegrown player. Uh, but he is joining a QB room with Stetson Bennett, uh, Carson Beck, and Brock Vandegriff. All those quarterbacks are really good. Um, we're definitely going to talk about Stetson Bennett a little bit later on. Um, I think my hope for Gunnar Stockton this year is they redshirt him. Mm-hmm. I think he's such a good talent. I would rather save him a little bit. Um, I really want to see him be our quarterback at some point based off of what everything that we know coming in. 
And uh, I think with the quarterback room we have now, it's best for him to sit back and learn this year and then come in next year or the next and be our guy for a little bit. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that and how that makes sense because um, with, as you mentioned, like him being homegrown or whatever, like Mm -hmm. he, you know, has that time Mm -hmm. to sit back for a minute and wait for, you know, the slot to open up. Um, Stetson was kind of a surprise with him coming back. You know, I, I'm, I'm not mad about that. I know I, a lot of people I have are. a lot to say about yeah, that yeah, in I'm not about mad 20 about minutes. Back, but, <laughs> but that said, like he, um, you know, that next spot, I would think potentially next person up would be like Brock Vandegrift. Mm-hmm. You mentioned homegrown and he is literally from Athens. Yeah. Like he went to school at a private school here in Athens in high school. And um, I know that he, because of that, and I actually have had the chance to, talk to both him and his father before in the past and kind of get their perspective on like, Oh, did you want to try to go somewhere else since you've lived in Athens your entire life? And he's like, no, like this is where I want to be. Brock Vandegrift is I think going to be a good second option for us this year yep. as far as QB because, and we might let him get like some more reps than we would on average. Yeah. Cause you know, think about it, like thinking about last year with balancing Stetson and JT when JT was, you know, relatively healthy. Um, you kind of tried to play them evenly. Versus this year, it might we might try to work in a plan where we are slowly phasing sets and out. Yeah. As far, especially in these games where it's we don't have like the highest competition, which we have several of those on our schedule this uh, year. Yeah, so. Samford, Kent yeah. State. Yeah. Yeah, we could see some younger guys coming in those exactly. games. Exactly, and it would be great to get them some in-game reps because you know that's that's the best practice that you can have. Well, here's the thing with Gunner. It's like in those games, I want to see Carson Beck come out. I want to see Brock come out. I don't want to see Gunner come out. I want him to save his eligibility. I want him to just sit back, learn for a year, and and then take his spot when it is his. Because I think at this point, it you know he still has to earn it, obviously. And you don't come out of high school automatically having a spot um, for a lot of these positions, unless you're Michael Williams. Um, but even him, he has to go to practice every day and work really hard. Um, and if Gunnar Stockton blows the chance, that spot's going to go to the next guy up. And I think Georgia has a really good job about saying next guy up, no matter what happens with any of our players. Yeah, I don't ever really, um, it's funny that you say that because I don't ever really think about, I think last year was so chaotic when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Because literally like Setson has said, like he wasn't even QB2 starting last year. Yeah. And this man finishes like with a natty and and everything. So um, because of that, I only have really thought about Brock just because like I said, I've, you know, been aware of him and his whole Athensy experience and everything yeah yeah and then jt and setson are the only ones i ever think about i completely forgot about carson beck not the carson best forgettable but i hadn't like not thought about him like at all as far as this goes and i don't know that i don't know if i would want him going him to, to be our second person or brock but i'm not sure do you think that that's already solidified? Like, is it going to no. be he's QB2 or I, I is QB2 so. kind of open right now? I, I don't think we're allowed to know. I think Kirby tries to keep everything in his little bubble uh, in his little genius mind that he has. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of things happen that people don't expect. Stetson Bennett becoming our starter. Um, there was a battle all year between him and JT. And yeah. so I think at some point, the, looking at the roster, um, it goes Stetson Bennett so, or senior. Carson Beck, soft, redshirt sophomore, Brock, redshirt freshman, Gunner, freshman. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely one, two, three. Uh, I think at some point, maybe one of these players goes somewhere else, sadly, because of how much talent we have in that room. Sure. Um, 
and they all deserve their time, but there's going to be one guy that gets the job at the end of the day. I mean, that's the same thing that happened with JT. That's why he's not back. That's he's why he's playing tonight like, against Pitt. Yeah. See how that goes. We'll see. We'll see how West Virginia does. They <laughs> are playing Virginia. right now. <laughs> I think they've been playing for 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I want to check the score. Yep. Um, so let's let's go over. That was basically all of our uh, new players that we kind of talked about. There was no real important selection out of them. Uh, Branson was definitely the most viral. We needed to talk about him because he, he everybody, I feel like, who's in the football world a few years ago knows who that is. Michael Williams. Dog. Dog. <laughs> um, so that's a must talk about. And Gunnar Stockton, somebody coming into the QB room as we have our number one QB uh, about to graduate after the season. So, yeah, he's he's somebody to talk about. There's a lot of other recruits that are all just as good, if not better than some of these players, probably not better than Michael, but better than some of these players. Um, and they all have a place on this team, uh, whether we talked about them or not. Maybe we'll get to talk about them later on if they can make some plays this year. That's true. They could pique our interest in this upcoming game, literally, and we could just spend the whole entire time like talking about them next week. Yeah, this kid. Uh, oh, yeah, this uh, freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, came out of nowhere. Yeah, wow, like last like year. How crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Dude is a... Dog. 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 <laughs> um, but we, we lost a lot of players um, this past year in the draft. We lost Trayvon Walker uh, at 1, Jordan Davis at 13, Quay Walker at 22, Devontae Wyatt at 28, Lewis Seen at 32, George Pickens at 52, James Cook at 63, <laughs> Nicobe Dean at 83, Channing Tindall at 102, Samir White at 122, or Zeus. Um, <laughs> Jake Camarda at 133, Justin Schaefer 190, Jamari Sawyer at uh, 195, Darion Kendrick 212, uh, and John Fitzpatrick at 213. So that's a lot of players to lose. Um, I think, uh, you know, it sucks that we lost people like Trayvon, people like Jordan Davis, uh, people like George Pickens, dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Pickens. Uh, people like Nicobe Dean and, you know, it. Uh, all these players um, were really significant in our team. Uh, I do think that we have the talent to support what we lost. Um, but I think there's definitely going to be a moment of peop- uh, the fans at least missing those players. Uh, I don't think the team, I think the team misses those players, but they know that they have a job to do. Um, and they know it's their team now because it, it's a new year. It, it's a new season and it's their job to go out and win games, and not the players that are in the league now. Yeah, I think that one thing that I'm looking forward to is these current players being able to say, you know, we're going to work hard enough to get the attention off of last year. Yeah. Like we want, this is our time. We're here. Like we are the ones who are here. You know, everyone who's gone, everyone who's left, like we miss you. We love you, but you're all news now. And so I'm kind of excited to see several uh, players. I've heard some of them talk about, you know, their readiness to get going and to see what their team quote unquote is going to be like what this team, what this, you know, 2022, 23 team is going to be in comparison. Um, That said, yes, our players that we lost will be dearly missed. And to your point about fans missing some of these players and and the experience that came along with them. I think that one specifically, I mean, I just did it as soon as you said his name, Zeus, Zeus. like when he did anything, it was an experience. Exactly. It's just every time, every every time, every single time, like this man could walk on the field and you like, it's just so not having that type of, you know, and not that obviously the rest of these players don't necessarily have that kind of fun little nickname that we play off of. But that said, like it's still that camaraderie with like the fanship and the players Um, and having known that like, yes, like these players were good anyways, Mm -hmm. but these are also the players that led us to a national championship for the first time in 41 years. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's different. Like it's like, it's one thing if 
what is this? This is 14 players that yeah. we just listed off. Yeah. Um, if all 14 of them go in the same year, any other year, it's still like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. But now, on top of that, yeah. we're coming off a natty, and it's just like, wow, like we are seriously going to have an entirely new team. Um, I think last year, because of how, because of the nature of how the season went, um, it was very easy for me to get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. It was like, I knew all the players, all their names, all their numbers, like didn't need to look, never needed to look at a roster. Like it was just name a random number and I've got it. Like it's like, and it would, it was to the point to where my friends and I would be talking about things. And if we're like, "Mm, we're 99% sure we're Jordan Davis percent sure, you know, but there's that (laughs) one George Pickens percent that we're not necessarily sure about that 1%. So it's just like, you know, like stupid stuff like that, that it's going to be missed as well. But I mean, looking at the current roster, not that our players that we have now aren't going to, you know, be ready to go and be on the same level um, as, you know, some of these players that we just lost. But I don't recognize half these people. And it's, that an, is, it's a new team, 14 players left. Yeah. And it's not 14 players that were on the bench. It was 14 starters. Exactly. Um, I think one of the only ones that maybe everybody wouldn't know is John Fitzpatrick. And the only reason is because Brock Bowers is such a good talent. He was overshadowed. I mean, it sucks, but he he got to the league because he was still a really good player. Um, But Brock Bowers came in and made such a statement with Darnell Washington being hurt Mm -hmm. and him just getting his opportunity and taking it. Um, But every single one of these players, I think, was loved uh, insanely by fans, especially uh, Jordan Davis. Yes. Um, he was a fan favorite. And I, I, I don't think, was he heavily recruited coming out of high school? No. I didn't think he was He wasn't either. at yeah. all. Like, basically, the only reason that he ended up at Georgia is yeah. because one of his high school coaches mm-hmm. was, like, really good friends with a coach who was here and was yeah. kind of like, hey, you might want to come look at this dude. Come come look come, at this guy. Yeah, come, come see him, kind of yeah. look and see what he's working with. You know, like, he might not be there yet, yeah. but he has the potential, in my opinion. Yeah. Dude goes out, looks at him, and it's like, I don't care how he plays. The dude is six six, three hundred and like forty pounds. Yeah, we're gonna take him. Yeah, and that's we'll turn him into here. a player. Exactly, we'll turn him and into so, a player. Not that he didn't have the work ethic or the talent before. Oh, his work ethic was exactly why he's in the position exactly. that he's in now. That's why he got drafted at uh, thirteen. Yeah, he was a top fifteen draft pick, and he was not recruited at all. No, nope. I, I was. That was uh, something I wasn't sure about. I couldn't remember, but I was pretty sure. That he was kind of a player that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't think he was on that many that many radars even as a freshman. Which, when you think about the like phenomenon that is Jordan Davis, yeah. like think about it in the sense of not just he's a Georgia player, not just he was outstanding here, but like he broke the internet himself at the combine. You know, yeah. we mentioned man you know, can move exactly. We mentioned other players having gone viral, some of the recruits earlier on, but like this man moves. He runs 40 yards in less than five seconds and he's 300 and like 50 pounds. It just doesn't make sense. I'm just like, what is going on here? How does this work? And the whole world is just like, what? And to think without that one phone call, we wouldn't even know who Jordan Davis is. Yeah. Like this man would not be here in, you know, where he is now playing for the Eagles, you know, go good for him and whatnot. Go birds. (laughs) Go birds. And, (laughs) It's just kind of crazy to think about that. Like, it goes to show that if you really can work, yeah. yes, some stuff is like, you know, not everybody's 6'6", six, six, 300. Yeah, he was, he was God-given with that ability to be yeah. a monster. But his work ethic is really what got him yeah. where he is. And that's, I feel like, something that's, like, really, really important to acknowledge. But Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss him. 
everyone's gonna miss him that was jd like you got jd zeus you know like all these people that it's just so ah it's gonna be so tough like dogs lewis and his hair that his trademark hair yes all the time. And he's still like, he's still so rocking great. it in the league i know right it's yeah, just it's so him. every that's time him. exactly i like come across a video or whatever i don't even have to know who posted it what it is if i see that hair i know it's lewis scene yeah um we lost yeah. 14 dogs. Yeah. Absolute I think some, dogs. someone who actually we haven't really talked about and we can just be brief with this, mm-hmm. who is going to come in, like, we're going to miss him yeah. is Jake Marta. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Like this man, you know, they, he goes late because of his position, but he was yeah. also astronomical and he he did an amazing so job. And so it's kind of just like everybody who we mentioned, I mean, we, I feel like Channing Tindall gets overshadowed in certain yeah. cases as yeah. well, because obviously he's not, he doesn't have the personality and the leadership of uh Nakobe Dean he doesn't have the uh, really the personality and flashiness of like Jordan Davis he's not got like the big plays that Trayvon Walker has mm-hmm. but except he does people just don't really don't realize it to him. this yeah. man I, I one of the like craziest tackles I've ever seen was him in the Tennessee game I have never seen someone with closing speed like it was in that game. There's this one tackle. I can't even like, I couldn't tell you who he even tackled, but it was like, dude was 20 yards away. And a millisecond later, he's on the man. Like, I'm like, how did this happen? How did this happen? And like all these videos, people were in the comments saying that it was sped up because there's no way this man just ran that fast. And it's like, but if you look at everybody around him, they're all moving in the same regular speed, quote unquote. So I think that, you know, his speed is going to be missed. Like, so many of them, their size is going to be missed. Um, like their personalities, what they bring to just the fanship and the experience is going to be missed. But that said, as we mentioned earlier, they're all technically old news. Sadly. Sadly. But we do have still some key players who didn't go anywhere. We got some new guys. We have I some guess new guys. Some old guys, actually. But we have some old guys who are, you know, who stuck around and, and or who couldn't leave yet, a, a.k.a. like a Brock Bowers who – Came out of nowhere as a freshman, so, yeah. you know, where is he going to go? But I think it's time we kind of, like, you know, reference some of these players who we do still have and kind of see what they could, you know, even Bring improve on moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I, the first one here, uh, everybody knows his name now. Keely Ringo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't love him uh, last season as an average fan. Um, I really did not think he was the guy to come be the uh, the face of this defense. Um, even after his pick in the uh, the last game, I still just didn't love him a lot uh, until I sat down, I started looking at his stats, and I kind of started to understand what was going on. Um, last year, had 34 total tackles, eight pass deflections, two interceptions, one of those being the pick six in the natty, um, one sack, and he only allowed 24 receptions on his 59 targets. So it was about 40%. Um, and I think what... I forgot. And obviously analysts were saying he was going to be one of the best corners in the draft. And I, I didn't believe him. And I think there were some friends like um, just people around kind of my circle who kind of thought the same way I did. And was like, I don't see what they're talking about. I started looking at these numbers and I was like, I see what they're talking about because I think what everybody forgets, he was a red shirt freshman last year. He had not been on the field playing consistently until last year. And I think if you start to realize he redshirted his freshman year was behind players like Eric Stokes, one of my favorite players to ever come to, through the school mm-hmm. um, and learning from people like that. And then he came on last year as that guy. Uh, he He's an insane player. And I don't think 
he gets enough appreciation for it. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm just yeah. in my own little bubble. I feel like some people would say that he is overrated. It's funny because you're basically saying you were one of those people. Yeah. And now you, you know, really I look flipped. at the numbers and you're like, OK, maybe not. Um, but yeah, so I think that people honestly now I think they give him his props for just that one catch. I think that that so yeah. much attention came in from just the one interception that it's overshadowing what he did throughout the entire season, the whole season. last year. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that, which, you know, obviously you want him to get what he's due. That was one of the, it's like the play of the game. Yeah. It's not necessarily right. It's like we would have won without it, but yeah. that play happens. And you know, from that moment on, you're like the Georgia Bulldogs are national champions. It solidified it. I remember and, being in the basketball stadium and yeah. watching that and like, I haven't cried since I was in eighth grade <laughs> and I, I didn't cry, but I've never been so close to yeah. sobbing. Yeah. No, I did cry. And that there's, I have so many videos of me that are literally God awful. Like it, no one can see them, but it's just mm-hmm. like me being in shock with like anything that's going on and me being like, Oh my gosh, like Alabama has the ball. Like if anybody can figure out, figure this out in like two minutes and less, like it's going to be them. Yeah. They've done it before. Exactly. To us. Exactly. That ball goes in the air and I see this man catch it and I kind of just sit there. It's like it didn't process at all. It was not real life. Like I was like, this is not actually happening. There's no way. There's just no chance this, this is real. And then I'm just like, he. not only does he catch it, he doesn't just get to the ground like Kirby wanted him to originally. Oh, Dude yeah. takes off He goes. Running. He doesn't care. I'm he like, goes. what? And, I'm like, what are uh, you doing? And I'm just start losing my mind. Like yeah. I'm just like, just boo-hoo crying. Like, oh my gosh, we finally did it. We actually did it. And I could just say, you know, I was on campus. Yeah. When I was this here. happened. Here in Athens, you know, I got to be here and experience that with like all these other Georgia Bulldogs fans and be a student. And it's just like crazy. This is absolutely wild. Like, and so said all that to say, that's just like us reminiscing on that one little moment. But that said, everybody remembers that one moment and not necessarily all of the success that he had in the season as a whole. So I am also very excited to kind of see, you know, now that he has attention on him. Yeah, it's his, like, it's his time. Exactly. He's like, I'm going to show you why I deserve this attention before and after this play. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Well, he was one of the, the bigger recruits, I think, that we had come in uh, when he came in. He was considered a very good player out of high school. Um, I don't think he was in the Jordan Davis position of this hey, this guy you guys might have missed. Come yeah. look at him. I think he was really good. And that was, I guess, my thing. I just felt like when I watched the games, I couldn't feel his presence. Um, but I think now I'm paying attention to it. I can see that I was wrong. Um, I do think that some people might have him a little overrated, um, but I think the position he's in now is to prove people like me wrong. Um, Cause again, I love him. Uh, but I think he is in the position to go out and show everybody he's the best corner in college football right now. Um, I don't think that's the general consensus right now. I think he's definitely a top. I think he's a top five right now considered by most. Um, corner of his class. He's definitely conversation for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I think this year uh, he has a chance to solidify it. Uh, if he can lock up in some of our bigger games, Oregon, um, I don't think they have a really great re- receiving core, but I think if he can lock up in that game, he's just going to get more attention, going to get praised higher. Um, you know, let's say something bold happens. He goes out and gets a, a pick this game. I would love to see it. He had two last year, and I'd love to see him start the season with another one after finishing with it. Um. Next, next player. Yeah. We talked about him earlier. The offensive side of the ball. Next, we talked about him. Yeah. Dog. Brock Bowers. <laughs> yeah. The California kid. Um, 56 receptions last year for 882 yards. 
That's a 15.8 yard average. And he had 13 touchdowns. Um, I, he, again, I wrote this in my notes, absolute dog, <laughs> uh, drafting. I think um, this was my opinion. I think he was talented enough to go into the draft last year and beat out some of the t- tight ends that went into the draft last year. Um, I'm really glad that he can't go. Uh, I think we're really lucky that he uh, has to play two more years. Yeah. But if he doesn't get hurt and he keeps playing at this rate, he's going to be a first rounder. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like there's definitely no argument at this point right now that he's not a first rounder. Like, because when you think about, you know, how drafting works, it's like, what does your team need? Yeah. And therefore, who's the best option for what you have? And you can't tell me that there's not going to be a team that needs a tight end or a receiver, you know, who they can can play there. Exactly. Who they can just, you know, slot him into that position. That said, it's like, there's not going to be anyone that I can think of, at least right now, off the top of my head, who, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 more people who would go ahead of him. Yeah. I can't think of really five people who go ahead of him. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's number one because, you know. That's I, up in I'm the just air. not going to claim anything. That, that's always based on the season. Exactly. Before. That said, like, this man is, I mean, he's just doing his thing. Like, he, and really, to your point, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, and another thing about him is I think that this is just ties into how he plays. He plays out of nowhere. Like he just he comes out of nowhere when he's playing too. It's like it's like a you would never think, and I think it's funny too because we lost that element of surprise yeah. going into this year. Very quickly, people are going to know. Okay, Brock Bowers is that guy. So like we have to have someone on, on him because he is a dog. Whereas like last year, it's kind of like they might have come in looking for Darnell Washington. I mean, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Dude is like six seven and however many pounds. I mean, he's he's literally huge, and. But, you know, he gets hurt. All of a sudden, this guy comes walking up and everyone's like, oh, what's he going to do? Like, what what's going on here? Like, not that he's going to be a bad player because I'm like, you don't get to UGA if you are. But yeah, I'm like, you know, I definitely can say firsthand that I was not anticipating that coming from him. And I feel like it was like instant. It's like the the day, the game, first game he ever played, like he. Oh, you know, we knew who he yeah, was. I mean, it was he ridiculous. had, I think, like a 30 yard touchdown yeah. run. And we saw how fast he was. Yes, that was the biggest thing. Like, that was the sneaky like big man run move fast <laughs> big man run move fast yes. yeah literally this dude can fly and you would never think that because yeah. it's like the dude i mean he's like he's almost small for a tight end oh he's the smallest tight end in our tight end room yeah like he is like he's almost stocky with yeah. his build yeah and so you i would never think he can move that fast and literally the man is gone and people are just like in the dust and it's just like well glad he's on our team not yours <laughs> he makes his presence feel big yeah. um the the game we lost to Alabama last year, um, his stats were crazy. Um, that was a game that we struggled really hard with. Um, we lost forty one to twenty four. In this game, he he showed that he was that guy. Um, he had ten receptions for one hundred and thirty nine yards. So that was almost a fourteen yard average every time he got the ball, and that was against Alabama. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and he had a touchdown in that game, and I think that was showcasing what he can do. Um, when he's given the chance. And I think that's that's where you can see his um, his viability in the NFL because if he's the only guy who can go out and catch a ball, he's going to catch the ball. Yep. And he's going to do everything in his power to go score a touchdown. Yeah. He can do it alone. Um, but I, I love having him on the team. I can't wait to see what he does this year. The tight end room we have is stacked. Um, let me throw out some names. Brock Bowers, obviously. Darnell Washington, obviously. 
uh, Arik, Eric, Gilbert. It's yeah. been we've heard it two ways over the sound system and through coaches. Um, and then Oscar Delp coming as a freshman. That's a good one that we didn't talk about. Um, that we we might get to talk about, mm-hmm. maybe not because he has three electric tight ends in front of him. But yep. you know we have a lot of really good tight ends. Maybe we'll see. But out of those four players, Brock Bowers is the smallest. Yeah, and probably has the biggest presence on the field. But I mean, I will say Darnell Washington comes out there and you can see him from a mile away. I mean, Darnell is like the biggest person I have ever like stood beside in my entire life. We should get him I to play uh, next to him. And it's ridiculous. Like it's like. Like you, it's like almost like it's not a real person. Yeah. Like it's what I imagine standing next to Shaq is like, yeah. which is crazy because Shaq has like three or four inches of height on him. But still, it's like, what is even happening? Um, that said, I want to revisit real quick. Eric, Eric Gilbert. Um, he's an unknown. Yeah. And I think that he is we a talk about, yes, we talk about the element of surprise that we lost with Brock Bowers. Because now, again. exactly, yeah. because now, you know, people know to look out for him. We could have it still with um, him because with Gilbert, because he did not play last year. So he sat last year. So now he comes in this year and based off of conversation, it seems like he is going to be ready to go like fairly soon. Maybe not necessarily first game, but you know, we're going to see him. We're going to see him before the end of this season. And he was a threat at LSU. Yeah. Right. And that's still, you know, SEC, so we're good. Like yeah. it's not like he's coming out of a baby school. He's coming out of yeah, like Oregon. He played great, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm excited to see what he can do as well because I think that you know you throw him in the mix. Yes, we have this great new recruit as well, but I of course don't know that much about them because I haven't seen him play. But I've seen some of Gilbert back in the day when he was at LSU. Yeah. You know, maybe it's one or two back plays. Back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> and it's kind of like you know. I'm excited to see what we can look like as far as our uh, tight end um, depth when we can throw a Brock Bowers out there, switch it up with the Darnell, and maybe throw him Mr. Gilbert and see what he can bring to the table as well. Who do we lose receivers-wise? Pickens. Pickens. So <clears throat> We still we have could, McConkey. That's true. We still have Little Lad. <laughs> Bro, do not call him little that. Little Lad. He's not a little lad. He's yeah. a dog. He's a little lad, though. Little lad, little lad of <laughs> So even with him, you know, and the loss of Pickens, if we can rotate some of these tight ends in a little bit more, then, you know, we can make up for that. Yeah. Um, well, I think the thing with Brock Bowers is he's kind of like Kyle Pitts uh, in the sense that he can go play wide out. Yeah. He doesn't have to be a tight end. And the thing with Darnell Washington, I think he has to play tight end. He's a really good blocking tight end, and he can go out and catch the ball, but he's so big. He just provides a presence in these power formations where we're going to run the ball. Yeah, I think that to your point with him being he's too athletic. He's too blocking, athletic to be on the line. Yeah, it's just like he is massive, so it takes a couple, you know a few people to bring pay him down. attention to him. Yeah, even look at him. Yeah, yeah. you have to do it in teams. <laughs> yes, you do. Anyways, so next guy. Moving on, we're going to talk about Nolan Smith. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, we are flipping back to the defensive side of the ball again with this, and you know he's coming in. He's going to be our defensive captain. He, kind of sort I'm of so happy. Of, yeah. I'm so happy he's still here. Yeah, me too. Like without him, I mean, we 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 lost so much of our quote unquote dynamic defense. Doesn't matter. We got Nolan Smith. We got Nolan Smith and, back. and uh, Keely Ringo. Yeah, and he did so much last year. Um, and I, again, we just had such a deep defense that all these players who were so good got overlooked. It's kind of like you mentioned with John Fitzpatrick. Like it's like he mm. was a phenomenal player himself, but somebody else comes in and is just that good as well. 
And, you know, he kind of gets not necessarily lost in translation, but, you know, he doesn't I mean, have as it's much It's hard to compete in the tight end room. That's yeah. what we just got finished talking yeah. about. It's hard to compete in there. Well, like, you hard. have to be a, a dog yeah. to show up in there. It's hard also to compete at all when you come when it comes to talking about Georgia's defense last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, every single player on the field, at, it seems, was just that guy. And so Nolan... I feel like he was right there in the conversation with Jordan and Nakobe as far as being one of those leaders on the team. But now, like, he really gets to say this is his defense. So I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table with this being his team, yeah. obviously, defensively. Um, really I think it's his year. Him. It's his year to show off who he is. Um, in his freshman year, he had 18 tackles. In his sophomore year, he had 22. Uh, his junior year. He more than doubled that to 55, which was last year. Um, And I think the increase in efficiency uh, is not something that was just him getting more playtime. I think it was him getting better. Um, Last year, he did have 55 uh, tackles. He had three and a half sacks, uh, one interception, one pass deflection. Um, I think he comes back this year. Maybe he doesn't have the personality uh, of N'Kobe Dean, but I think he has the talent of Nolan Smith to come out and be our guy. Uh, alongside other players that are returning, like uh, Keely Ringo. But those those are going to be the guys we talk about this year. Uh, instead of N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, uh, it'll be Nolan Smith and Keely Ringo. Um, Jalen Carter also, but oh, don't want to yeah. go into him too early. <laughs> yeah, that said, I mean, there's just so much we could say, so we can just go ahead and move on from Nolan Smith. I mean, he is one of those that we do know a lot about his playing style yeah. beforehand. So he's been it's here. Just, it's, it, yeah, it's just exciting to here. see what's going to happen with him this year, like moving forward, where he has yet another um, period of time to just grow. So the next player we'll cover is Jalen Carter, because as he just mentioned earlier, this dude is another dog. Dog. Right? dog. <laughs> he's another one that's just like got lost in the midst of all the other people who are being mentioned. But I yeah. will say he has also, you know, still been mentioned as one of those dudes who's like, that hidden talent almost. Yeah. That guy who we don't really talk about, but, but he, he just comes yeah. in and does what he has to do and kind of keeps his head down. I'm excited to see if he kind of, um, you know, gets a little flashier this year and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, has more of a presence as far as with fanship and all that type of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, his, his stats are stupid too. <laughs> yeah. 37 tackles last year, a pass deflection, a, a pass deflection at 300 plus pounds, uh, three sacks. <laughs> And yeah, I think with Jordan Davis leaving, um, he has a really good spot to go out uh, and show what he's made of uh, next to people like Zion Logue um, and, you know, show show what he's made of in that center side. And, you know, if he plays well, Michael Williams is going to play well. Uh, if, if they can focus on the inside and he gets more space to get around the outside, we're going to have a ruthless team. Yeah. Ruthless. I think that he's definitely been that guy who is the supporter. Yeah. And it's like... Not that he should try to be, you know, something that's not that, but it's almost like you can't, we couldn't have had the success that we had without him in those positions to like help. Without right? being it's a supporter. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, a tackle, we're just, this is just theoretical, but let's say a tackle is like 60% JD, 40% yeah. him. Yeah. It would not have happened without his help. And so he's always been that guy, I feel like, who's just been right there, kind of balancing things out yeah. to get the job done. And so between him and Zion being able to come in and like, you know, fill Jordan Davis's shoes, fill whoever you want to say. Yeah. I think that they have the potential to be even better than JD was. Well, I think somebody something that uh, we, we should definitely pay attention to. Kirby Smart has said this before. 
the reason we did so well is everybody went out, everybody did their job. They weren't trying to be the guy. Yep. If if they weren't the guy, they weren't the guy yeah. for that for that season. And they were going to help everybody else on their team and to be a team, um, to be the best they could be. I think Jalen Carter did that. Like you were saying, 60%, 40%. It's not like he couldn't have done it alone, but he knew his role was to support that player. Exactly. That player's in the league now. It's time for Jalen Carter to be that player. There you go. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see, again, who is going to step out personality-wise as well. Yeah. Like, who's going to be that off-the-field character that everybody just loves? Um, I think we need I to see I think that it. Zion could be that guy really? as well when it comes to that side of things. Yeah. He, he's he's a fun guy um, when it comes to his personality and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited overall. Um, and the last player we're kind of going to talk about real quick as far as our returners who are going to have a significant impact this year, God willing, um, Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh is one of the silliest players that we have ever had in the my time at UGA's campus. Like, the dude is just hysterical when it comes to everything. 58 attempts, 328 yards. That's a 5.7 average. Um, if If you don't know anything above a 4.5 for a running back is really good. Cause I think a lot of coaches um, have, have said this uh, before. I'm definitely not the first person to come out and say this. If you get, if you go out and run the ball and you get four yards on the first run, run it again. And that's enough. Cause then you're third and two, if you do the same thing and you're not going to do the same thing, you're probably going to get more. Um, so crazy player, uh, three touchdowns with only 58 attempts, uh, 22 receptions, and then 242 receiving yards. Um, he's just in the place to pr- prove how good he is. Zeus and uh, James Cook leaving. That's, I mean, I'm sad to see him go, but it is really cool to see Kenny McIntosh come into this one spot and show how good he is. Um, he He's found himself in the RB1 spot. And uh, we, again, we were saying earlier with the uh, Branson Robinson, UGA has a history of just, um, just spreading out the ball. Um, so, I get he's not going to get 80%, but you could go out there and see him get 50% and then the others split 25-25 or 20-20-10. Um, so, yeah, he, he his efficiency on the ball also with 58 attempts and three touchdowns, that's and that's crazy. He has a presence on the field. Uh, he had a presence on the field as RB3 last year, and this year coming in as expected RB1. Yeah. Um, we we don't know. Uh, Kendall Milton could come back and be RB1 That's this true. weekend. We we do not know what's uh-huh. inside Kirby's head. We'll update you next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. But, <laughs> you know, expected to be RB1, he's going to be uh, a serious problem for other teams, I think. Yeah. Um, just getting to see him go out and perform will be really cool, I think, for everybody who didn't get to see it last year as much. He was more of a third down back. He wasn't getting yelled zoo at him every time he came <laughs> out of the field, and he wasn't making these breakaway 80-yard runs like James Cook was because James Cook got into open field and he was gone, um, and that's why he got a lot of those snaps. But we're going to see Kenny McIntosh maybe do some of that this year, I think. Yeah, um, I think, too, is like he is a different style of running back than both of our guys last year, in my yeah. opinion. He's a little bit more shifty. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more receiver-ish. Like Definitely. He, he's not like that compact, like buff dude, like uh, Branson Robinson. Like Branson Robinson, five ten bowling ball. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's not necessarily like you know he's not the smallest running back ever, but in comparison to our guys last year, you know he's not that that type of bulky. Yeah. You know, but he is, in my opinion, I feel like he could be a little bit more quick on his feet. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how our offensive you know structure differs with the fact that we have him and not to say that Kendall Moulton can't come in because I feel like he's much more like 
built kind of like a Zeus, you know, yeah. that, that compact, you know, going to run somebody over. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Now that Kenny can't run anybody over, you know, he can he's do, done it before. He has done it before. He will do it again, but, um, that's not I, his predominant I think, style. Exactly. I think his shiftiness could be something that could definitely cause some issues, um, going into this season. So I'm excited about that. Well, hopefully he, he causes some issues this weekend. Uh, For U, sure. UGA versus Oregon. UGA ranked number three, Oregon number 11. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see Kenny come out as number one. I think we'll see Brock Bowers too, obviously. Uh, hopefully we can see some Lad McConkey come out and be be a presence. Um, he has some shoes to fill with George Pickens. Um, but we know Stetson Bennett does love himself a little lad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know what? I'll throw, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. Um, this is kind of going off of betting lines and, you know, uh, some other stuff that's going on. I think Georgia wins 38-13. Uh, I think Brock Bowers goes out and gets himself some touchdowns. Ladd gets himself an end zone target. I think we see Kendall Milton score uh, probably before Kenny. I think Kenny's going to end up picking up a lot of our yards, and Kendall Milton will come in and break away when Oregon's tired. Um, and I think Stetson Bennett's just going to have a game, throw some passings, throw some passing touchdowns, uh, go out and be who Stetson Bennett is. Um, but I, I think that's my prediction for this weekend. What about you? Yeah, um, I don't necessarily have predictions for how we're going to get the score. That oh, you think we're just going to go out there and do it? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just like, we'll see what happens. But um, my prediction is a little less... Um, Beat Oregon know. into the ground? Yeah, yeah, it's more so... I don't really know. And part of that is because of, you know, off-season moves by, made by Oregon. So it's like... Our, our defensive coordinator yeah. is now their head coach, obviously the one last year who, quote unquote, built the most dynamic defense in college football history. Yeah. And now he's their head coach. So it's like, could I imagine them being a defensively minded team? Yes. And but we're a defensively minded team as well. So it's kind of like where what what's the line? You know, where do we who's going to have that offensive push? Not that we won't. I do obviously still think that we're going to win. My prediction is 21 to 17 though. I think that it's going to be a much closer game than some people are predicting. And I hope that I am wrong. I hope that I'm wrong and that we go out and do exactly what he said, beat Oregon into the ground. Um, that said, I'm not one for superstitions. I'm not. However, I have to mention game is in Atlanta. It's not home, but it's close. It is very close. So, you know, we're going to have that stadium presence, obviously that uh, Oregon will be missing. So that could help as well as, and also it's going to be the first game. So people are going to be a new level of hype. That said, we played the SEC championship in Atlanta last year. We did. We don't even need to mention it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. We played Any more than we already did. against Alabama again Yeah, for the natty that we were, you know, had a couple years ago in Atlanta. We again, don't need to mention it. So we already did. I don't know. There's something about Atlanta for me that I'm just like, what is going on here? Obviously, we're going to break that curse on Saturday. Today is Thursday, by the way, when we're filming this. I'm shaking in my boots over this. here now. Yeah, same. I'm nervous. But I hope that, I mean, whatever this ATL curse is, we broke it last year. Right. We broke it with the with the Braves winning. We broke it with us actually finally winning a championship um, with Georgia. So I'm hoping that that kind of whole situation is gone. Maybe the Falcons will go out and have a phenomenal year this, <laughs> yeah, way, uh, Kyle this Pitts year, too. Yeah. It's MVP. Kyle Pitts comes out and does his thing. And it's just like, wow, who would have thought um, it's because the Atlanta curse is broken. That said, 
Falcons are just bad. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to go into the Falcons. That's all this is about. <laughs> Anyways, I'm excited for this game. And I think that, I, but I do think it's going to be a closer one. I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Um, but just with the, the idea of, you know, our defensive coordinator from last year being their head coach, I think that it's going to be personal on a different level for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that he's going to have something to prove, but we're going to have something to prove as well. Like, you know, not necessarily a, we don't need you, but like we can still do this. We, we are still good players. Exactly. It was not just your defense. It was the, our ability. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think this might be the first time that like Kirby smart is having the chance to like go up against one of his, uh, supporting coaches. Yeah, yeah. As a head coach, you know, like obviously with Nick Saban and him like that, Nick Saban, every time he plays a game, plays against somebody who coached on his staff. Yeah. He's like literally 80 years old and has been doing this for so long. He just signed a new contract. He did. And he, it's like 10 years. It's until he dies. No, it's, it's no, he, his contract <laughs> is till the end of time until he cannot coach anymore. That's Stop. when he's going to be out. Of he's literally 71 years old. What? He might be 70. Hold on. Let me double check that. But yeah, that that contract is um, insanely long. I I mean, it's cool to see that he loves it. I mean, it makes sense. He's one of the greatest college coaches of all time. He is the um, greatest college coach of all time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah that that that's actually a better way to phrase that. Yeah. Um, but I I don't see how he's going to be coaching these monsters at eighty one. Well, I mean, it's not like he has to go up against him in a practice or anything like that. Like, have you seen him in practice? He doesn't try. He loses it. He he's going to have a heart attack no, on the practice no, field. No, because it's, it's just normal for him. So he's done this for years and years and years. So do it until he's 100 years old. No. His contract ends. He's currently 70. His birthday is Halloween. Okay. He's 71. And his contract they just signed is for 10 years. So he will be coaching up until he is 81 years old. And then he'll sign another one for Minimum. five years. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Like, I think that, you know, if he has to dial it down as far as his anger management he could do that if he has to as far as it being a health concern but he I just has don't blood see pressure that. medicine the, the dude is fine yeah he, there's no way right. he doesn't um uh, side note it's kind of crazy to me that him and bill Belichick are the same age yeah that doesn't make sense it was because he dyes his hair i don't know you I know guess who doesn't do that kirby smart <laughs> i guess so but he i don't know he might bowl whatever yeah. anyways we won't get into that um but yeah like that's that's kind of my take on, you know, why I feel like it's going to be a closer game. It's like, there's a lot of outside factors I feel like that are different from what's just on the field yeah. that could play into it. I do, however, still think we are going to win. And I hope that we beat them into the ground, as you said. Um, I will say one of my, one of my buddies, um, one of my roommates gave a prediction today and his was uh, not as close as yours. Um, it was 24, 14. Okay. And his thing was, look at last year. Clemson, we thought we were beating a really good team last year when we beat Clemson initially, um, but we only beat them 10 to 3. As we saw that season go on, Clemson was not that good anymore. Yeah. Um, we saw that. We, we did beat Clemson uh, at the point where they were ranked quite highly. Yeah. Um, but as the season went on, we saw that it was not true. We saw that they weren't as highly ranked. So, you know, there, there's always that new season jitters. Uh, coming into offseason, it, it, it's never comfortable, I don't, I don't think. Um, you have to get back into the flow of things. No matter how much you've been practicing, you have not been playing live games where you don't get your coach to come yell at you and tell you what you did wrong. You, it's it's done. Um, so, you know, the good thing is we do have these veteran players returning to kind of show off um, what's going on. Um, but I think uh, I, I think there is a chance it goes close. Um, I, I had in my notes that there were two possibilities. We beat them into the ground or it goes really close. There's no like, uh, we beat them by like two touchdowns or like, I, I, I think it's going to be a closer game or we are going to really show how good we are. Yeah. I mean, to the point of it taking a minute to work through things as far as getting back into real time playing, like that's a little bit of what worries me, right? 
If you look at our schedule, we mentioned earlier that we play like some teams that, who knows, they might come with it. But off looking at it, you know, that initial look, they're going to be really easy teams. And we decide to start the year with the toughest opponent on our schedule tentatively, right? You know, you always have a Florida, you always have a Kentucky who could be really, you know, in there as far as uh, the competitive side of things goes. But starting off the year with Oregon is the only thing that makes me, you know, have my prediction be as close as it is. Yeah. 21 to 17. Like, I think if we played them mid season or even towards the end of the year, I would definitely be more inclined to have, you know, have that we're going to beat the mess out of them mentality, but 76 to zero, you know, you mentioned earlier, yes, (laughs) earlier, like our score with Clemson last year to start off the season. We didn't have a touchdown offensively in that game. Mm -hmm. We had, it's 10 to three because we had a pick six and a field goal. So it's like, you know, I don't know if that's going to win us this game on Saturday. Right. That said, I don't think that's what we're going to be looking at. It's a new team. It is a new team. Different players, different guys, different mentality. And, you know, we are starting the year with Stetson Bennett. We didn't do that last year. You know, I'm glad we had him some, but, you know, it's not like that was our go to initially. So I'm excited. Well, talking about Stetson Bennett, um, we talked about a little bit earlier. He was kind of one of the players that I would compare with uh, Keely Ringo in my opinion, of where I wasn't, like, super hype about him. Uh, obviously, into the season, they decided he was our guy, and I was all in on it. Um, but when he announced he was coming back, I, I'm not going to lie. I was blatantly, like, a little, like, kind of disappointed. Um, but, I, again, I, I sat down, and I kind of realized, and I listened, and I, I looked at some options that were going on, um, and I realized Stetson Bennett is the guy we need. And he may not be the best quarterback in college football right now, but he's the best quarterback for this team. Yeah, I think that with to that point, like it comes down to something that I actually have learned a lot in at, in my experience at UGA in my classes and whatnot. Um, sometimes having the best skill doesn't make you the best person for the job. Sometimes it's the effort that you're going to be willing to put in that's going to put you over the top. Yeah. Like it's like somebody who, let's say the job is that you need to be good at using Adobe Premiere Pro. Maybe I'm not the best person ever who's used Adobe Premiere Pro. However, comma, like I might be willing to spend like 16 hours a day watching tutorials to figure out how to do this. And that effort could be what puts me over the top as far as getting the job. Mm -hmm. So I think that Stetson has proved, if if anything, this man has shown the world that he is willing to work. I mean, his his story is ridiculous. I mean, it's like goes to the team, leaves the team, goes and does more work, comes back to the team. It's just going to be the background player. It's kind of just like not going to really play. He's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm not that guy. But then he's like, as soon as he, every opportunity he's ever been given, he's used it and, you know, done his best and put it to the fullest. And I'm just like, it's just ridiculous. And so I'm excited to see him in the sense of for the first time in his collegiate career, it's his team. He is QB1. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that, Stetson? What are you going to do with that? What are you yeah. going to cook up? I think, yeah. It, it and was, he cut his hair. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. hey. East side of Athens, Stetson. Yeah. <laughs> that's my side of town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I think the moment that you kind of, if you look back and see, I didn't realize this in the moment. I was way more stressed about the game. Uh, looking back on it, after his fumble in the national championship, where I was very afraid that we were going to lose again. Um, that it was not going to be our year. That team rallied behind him and he went back out 
and he played like it never happened. Um, that's a, that's a crazy kind of mentality to put that behind him. Um, I, I think he, again, like I was saying, I don't think he's the best quarterback in college football, but I think he is the best leader in college football right now. And, you know, maybe there's some other players in it that I'm not really looking at just because they're not power five schools, but he is the leader of this team. Yeah. It is his team. That like uh, fumble moment that you're talking about is almost like that little like flip of a switch moment. Um, that I feel like people reference a lot when they talk about QBs like Joe Burrow. When he got who hit. Was another one who came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they hit him and it was like, quote unquote, a dirty hit. Like it was like, you know, not as unnecessary roughness yeah. or whatever. And he sits there and doesn't lose a game after that moment. Yeah. That could be Stetson. I mean, he it could, could be his moment. This, exactly. He could come in. He could come in this year and just flat out dominate the whole rest of the year. And as the question that we posed in the beginning we could win another natty. We could. Are we winning another natty? Who knows? But That's not for me to could, say. Exactly. We're not going to claim anything. There are smarter right people now, like, in this field. Wood. Uh, but that said, like he could come in and be that guy once again. But so. looking back to Oregon, um, we, we need Stetson Bennett to come out and play this week um, and be the best, be the Stetson Bennett that he is because the players we're going up against are no joke. Um, the, the defensive side of Oregon is going to be uh, an interesting one. They have two really notable players. They're both linebackers and they're both crazy. Um, <laughs> the first one's Noah Sewell. Um, last season had 114 total tax, four sacks and an interception. And that was when he was kind of their linebacker. Uh, the other guy we were talking about was injured at the time. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's a monster. He's going to go to the league. Um, I think we just need to watch out for him. He's an American Samoan uh, player. So he's one of those big Oregon guys that they pull out of the islands like always and they go to the league and they are just insane. Um, So I think we're going to see him pop out a lot in this game. Another one is Justin Flo. I've been following him since he was in high school. Um, He went to Uptown High School in California Mm -hmm. and he got huge on (laughs) overtime uh, because he would pick up players and just slam them. He was not just tackling players. He would pick them up over his head and throw them into the ground. Yeah. Um, so that's when I started watching him. I was like, oh, I was in high school. I was like, this dude's crazy. Man. Yeah. I love watching this dude just kill the <laughs> other team. And, you know, he was one of the better linebackers coming out that year. Um, I loved watching him. He was a really entertaining player. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night um, of an Oregon player was talking and he was saying like the personality of that team is Justin Flo. He's just so intense. Um and he, he goes out, and even if everybody's having a bad day, he's never off. He's always intense. He's always ready to go. He's always happy, always happy to be on that football field. Yeah. He, he's crazy. Um, he played one game and got 14 tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, he missed his first season due to a torn meniscus, um, and his second to a foot injury. I couldn't find what that injury was. I would assume he broke it, and in the process of breaking it, it tore some tendons around there. Yeah. Um, but I, because he was out for the whole season. But the fact that he played one game, and that that was his freshman year, I think, mm-hmm. that he had the fourteen tackles. That might I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it was his freshman year. This is not high school. No, this is <laughs> freshman college. Yeah, went out and had fourteen tackles. In one game. Uh, he's just intense. Yeah, an intense guy to watch. A lot of fun in high school. I mean, that's really all we have to go off of besides that one game because he's been hurt for so long. Four hundred and thirty-four tackles. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight of them were for a loss, and then he had twenty-four sacks monster of a player <laughs> really worried about him um i think he's someone who could wake up some of our running backs who are not necessarily uh we're getting as much play time as they're going to this season uh it's going to be like the welcome to the nfl moment but welcome to the rb1 moment <laughs> but uh, you know at the end of the day the two players aren't going to stop 
the University of Georgia from going out and playing well. Yeah, and some things to keep in mind, by the way, with these um, the mentionings of these high school stats. Oh, it's a, it's I'll, I'll quote who it's from. It's two four seven sports. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's their fault. Okay, well, yeah, that's where we're getting a lot of these numbers from. Um, so it's not on us; it's on the internet. So don't yeah, come at us. It is on the internet. Um, but yeah, but to that point, though, you know, with these numbers, it's like with it being high school, you have to think about the length of a high school season. Some of these guys who are getting like 20 plus tackles, that's like, or sacks rather, that's like yeah. two in a game. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. Because like like, those are not long seasons. Exactly. That, that is not the 16, 17 game season exactly, of the NFL. Exactly. So it's like, you have to kind of take that into account when you, when we mention these high school stats, it's like, think about the length of time, the amount of game time, you know, it's even, it's shorter games at that, you yeah. know, that they have to do these, this type of, uh, have these types of performances and, and, you know, show this type of talent. So, um, like the 434 tackle, he was scoring, he was getting more than a hundred tackles a year. Yeah. It, it, and that was over four years of high school and he was getting more than a hundred a year. And, you know, I, I don't remember the specifics of if it was, if it actually averaged out to around a little over a hundred a year, but th- you know, that it could have had one year where he was at like 150 yeah. and like his freshman year, he had 50 instead. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm worried. I'm excited to see him and, you know, I hope he does not get injured this season Yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, these are all kids trying to go to the NFL. Yeah. They all want a spot in the league. Um, so I really hope he does come out and have a good game. I hope it's not good enough to stop us. Uh, <laughs> and I, ho- I hope he stays healthy this season. Yeah. This is this player. This is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. He's a transfer. He is. From Auburn. Yeah. His name is Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Like, he is so interesting in the sense that, you know, we are playing him in this first game in technically a situation where we would never have crossed paths with him again. Yeah. After we just coming off of beating him in Auburn. Mm -hmm. Um, Dude is like, probably like, I went, no, I'm not going to say that he, I'm not going to claim he actually did this, but it's like. I go to Oregon to get away from UGA. UGA comes to Oregon. Or rather, <laughs> Oregon comes to us. We um, can make it that way. I'll, I'll push yeah. that narrative. <laughs> I'll get it's like, that. great, we're back. Um, and we might not have the same defensive, you know, assets that we had beforehand, but it's not like we lost, you know, one five-star leads and another five-star steps up. So I'm excited to see how our guys kind of handle that, especially because that's going to be like the one person who we are familiar with going mm-hmm. into this yeah. um, as far as having played them before. Um, seen them, you know, real time in some game action. So, uh, he, Mr. He, Bo. He's a pretty good quarterback. Um, yeah. I think he has a flaw playing against Georgia is he tries to be a hero. Um, <laughs> he, he, he wants to be the dude. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, last year he had 197 completions on 323 attempts. So 62% completion rate, which is pretty good. Um, he had it for 2,415 yards, 7.1 average um, for his passing. Um but, I, you know, he, he gets beat by Georgia every time. Every time. Yeah, knock on wood. You know, or previously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think if Georgia comes out and plays the offense that we should, plays the defense that we should, he's going to start. They're going to be two scores down. This is kind of a bold, bold prediction. We get a few. They get a few scores down. Bo Nix is like, all right, it's time to show Oregon who I am. He rolls out and just starts throwing passes. And... Good old Christopher Smith and uh, <laughs> Keely Ringo. I don't think they're going to allow that. It's a no fly zone in the back. Yeah, um, you see a lot of the football players posting that no fly zone. Yeah. Um, it's a no fly zone in the back. And then you know if he decides to take a little too long, we got our guy uh, Nolan Smith around the edge. Yeah, Michael well, Williams around the edge. Literally, and um, we have you know our guy Robert Beal as well. 
who Dog. literally sacked him last year. Dog. The, I mean, in the Auburn game, like he, it was just like him and Brini, I think. Latavius yes. Brini. Yeah, so, he went to Arkansas. Yeah, he did. So. I, I'm going to miss him. We did lose some players to, you know, transfer transfers. Previous neighbor. Transfer portals. What a great neighbor Brini was. Yeah. Uh, that said, someone we didn't talk about that I think we should briefly mention. Mm-hmm. The fact that Mr. Jermaine Burton left and went to Alabama. I don't want to talk about that. <sighs> I don't know what was going on in the background of that conversation, um, but I, I don't have anything to say. I don't think I have anything good to say if I say anything. Yeah, it's not necessarily anything good to say. It's just something to acknowledge. Like as far as like looking at the players who we would have had coming back, we did we, we lost a lot of people to the transfer yeah. portal. Um, but he is one of those that, you know, we mentioned missing pickings earlier on the receiving end. Yeah. We're going to miss him seriously as well. Yeah. He, he was a he really good player. And, you know, yeah. there has to be some personal stuff going on behind the scenes that's not in the public for why he made that decision. I don't think so. I th- you I think mean, he just went? I think it's the, like, okay. He just had an as opportunity. As a Georgia fan. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I hate it. Yeah. Because you were here. You were doing phenomenal. You could get the same stats and put up the same numbers here that you could put up there. So why leave? Yeah. But from his point of view, I hate to say it. But this is like one of the most brilliant decisions I have ever heard of as far as like your own advancing yourself. Doing what's best for you. Exactly. When it comes to I'm going to worry about me and me only. Yeah. Who is the one team that the world would look at to think, okay, if whoever's going to take Georgia down or, you know, what's the likelihood Georgia gets all the way back? But Alabama, on average, in the last 10 years has gone to the national championship every other year, if not every year consecutively. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I just played Alabama and beat them. Who's the most likely to win next year? Alabama, Alabama. again. Yeah. So why not go while I have this chance and then I can and I can leave college with two rings? It's a great opportunity for him. I think earlier we said, you know, at the end of the day, they're kids trying to get to the NFL. Um, they're just trying to make a career the same that we are. And, you know, I can't knock him because there's some things that are bigger than college football. But I will say that I, if we lose to Alabama in the national championship, I'm going to write a very mean tweet. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it, he did what was best for him. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy for him. Yep. I hope he does do well. I hope he makes it to the NFL. Uh, I think he will. He's a really talented receiver. Yeah. And I, I hope going to Alabama was the right decision for him. And I really hope that he doesn't miss being on this UGA team <laughs> when we repeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Um, but, you know, Oregon this weekend. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's our we'll, preview. We'll, we'll definitely season. hear how what happened next week. And, you know, either I'm going to be... Uh, doing dancing in the studio, making fun of Donna for her uh, prediction being so tight. Or, you know, it might be a, a more somber thing where it didn't go our way. Um, but, you know, or it's a it's a tight game. Donna is giving me, I told you so. No, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. It's what it's at this point, 48 hours away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At this point in 48 it's tw- hours. It's at 1230 on Saturday. It's at 330 on Saturday. 330? 48 hours from now, we're going to know. The results. It's game time. It's the game will be over. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, it, we're filming, we're for reference, we are recording this at, we're closing at eight 30 at night. So, September I mean, 1st, September 1st. Yep. So we're going to know. And if you don't hear from us next week, we, we quit the podcast. Yeah. yeah. We actually quit. We lost the first game. We didn't want to do anymore. Yeah. We're like, you know what? We're out. It's over. It's not worth we, it. It's not worth it. I can't look at the, the stats anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've looked at too many numbers. I can't look at these anymore. Oh my gosh. Anyways, that is our preview for the season slash for this opening game. Um, 
We will be back. We will keep you updated more than likely. And unless we lose, unless we lose, I quit. <laughs> yeah. This is already putting in our two week notice, <laughs> one week notice. It, hey, hey, don't talk down. We're winning. We're winning <laughs> we this game. Win. 38 to 13. Okay. I called win. it here first. Brock Powers, two touchdowns. Might be 21, 17. We'll see. Anyways, this has been Dooley's Dog Pod. Where we talk about all things Georgia Bulldogs, all things Dooley Field, and all things that happen in between the hedges, Sanford Stadium. I'm Donna Trailer. I'm Noah Bice. And we will see you next week. Go, dogs. <laughs>